Hey fam, Patrick here. I know, I'm sorry, I'm back. It's not Steve doing the pre-roll this week with his smooth tones, Forgive Me America. I'm here with a quick announcement about our December tour dates. So our Boston, Chicago, and Atlanta shows all sold out within like two days, and we were like shocked and overwhelmed, and we're, we're trying to add shows everywhere. We have added a second show in Atlanta. So Atlanta fam, this one is for you. We added a late show on Thursday, December 2nd. It starts at 9.15. It's at Terminal West. It's about half sold out right now. I'm assuming those tickets are going to go pretty fast. So if you want to come and see us in Atlanta, now's your chance. So get those tickets before they're gone. Disappearedpod.com. Click on the CS Live link. Boston and Chicago, stay tuned. We are trying to add second shows in those cities as well. We love you. We love that you all want to come and see us. Rest of the country, I promise, once we get through this winter, we're going right back out on the road. We're going to come to wherever you want us to play, and we love you. So come see us live, disappearedpod.com, and click on the CS Live link. Okay, now to the show. Are we in a fight? What? You're in a real bad mood. That's private. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in a bad mood. I'm in a fine mood. I'm only, I'm not a, wait, what is that quote from Steel Magnolias? I'm not in a bad mood. What is that? I don't know. Wait, I'm not angry, Milan. I've just been in a very bad mood for 50 years. <laughs> My only line that I know from Steel Magnolias is, hit this, take a whack at Weezer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hit Weezer. <laughs> I can talk to Texas yes. in the back of my daughter can't. She never could. <laughs> Drink your juice, Shelby. Oh my god, are we just gonna do the whole play? I love that you called it a play, first of all. It and is a play. I mean, it was yeah, most people know the movie, but you're right. It started as a play. You're absolutely right. You are a Broadway performer. Shame on you. Uh, I'm sure the listeners know the Dolly Parton movie <laughs> better than they know the play that appeared off Broadway. Do you in the mean 80s. the Daryl Hannah movie? You guys, if you want more of this nonsense, join us on the Patreon. Get excited about the Patreon. Tell I'm them excited. how awesome it is. It's so fun. In real life, tell them what we're doing tonight. We're doing trivia. Yeah. Tonight we're doing trivia. Once a month we do our true crime trivia. We write it all month. Then we all hang out and we drink tonight. We just ordered some vodka yeah. to be delivered <laughs> because true. we're that fucking lazy. I'll tell you what, you guys have never seen a show until you've seen Ellen hammered for trivia. It's pretty great. I've been known to shed a tear or two. <laughs> it's okay. I love you guys <laughs> so much. It means so much that you come watch me do this. Also, you guys, we have three full ad-free bonus episodes every month. There's so right now we're doing Who the Bleep Did I Marry? Yeah. Y'all, y'all, listen to me. It's three. Every time we have trivia, yeah. that's our episode. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. I love you so much. But I wake up with 100 DMs, and I love that you love us. But once a month, yeah. we have true crime trivia Instead for you. Instead of the bonus Instead app. Instead of the bonus app. But episode. right now, you can download and binge like 30, 40 full ad-free bonus episodes of you and me on the Patreon. We got Snapped. We got See No Evil. We yeah. got Who the Bleep Did I Marry? We got Evil Lives Here. Oh, my God. Are you taking a trip? Do you have a closet to organize? <laughs> we want to hang out with you. you guys disappeared season five episode 17 missing by design tells the story of the disappearance of william mcgrath a talented interior designer finds success flipping houses in phoenix but someone seems to be hacking into his accounts bill seemed to always have a concern that his money may be in jeopardy when he suddenly disappears it's clear he was afraid of something he had upgraded the security system. He had rekeyed his house. Billy had been preparing 
He was scared. Detectives uncover a startling scheme. This is a, a case that's going to develop into something much, much bigger than a missing persons case. All right. Are you going to tell them or am I going to tell them? Are you going to tell them? I feel like it's tell them? only fair oh that God. you get to tell oh them. Go you on. You guys, we have our first gay. That was the first thing that I wrote down. And yeah. listen, different time in the world, but it is, you know, we got to say this is, what are we, 27 seasons in? How yeah, far in are we? I, this is like 2007. This isn't that long ago. I, so here's the thing. I went through a lot with this because the episode is called Missing by Design. So I thought we were going to learn that he went missing on purpose. Right. And I was like, oh, our first gay is going to be garbage. Right. And then it was like not till like 15 or 20 minutes into the episode that they said he was gay. So I'm like, well, I obviously can tell that this man is gay. Are we never going to address that? Because then that was making me mad. Right. But then, then we got there. And then it's very, 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 very gay. So you got so you got mad and then you were okay. And then, so which is like the story of every time I see you. Truly. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, so it took place in 2007 or 2009. Do you know when Ellen famously came out on her TV show? Uh, Give me a year. Do you okay, know? hang on. Matthew Shepard was murdered in 1998, so it was before that. 1997? No, but can Six? you not talk about Matthew Shepard on our comedy podcast? Okay, okay fine. <laughs> what year? 93. 94! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It I knew it was early 90s. 94, which was a big freaking deal back oh, then. Huge. Yeah, it was a huge oh, deal. Oh, my God. But anyway, gays, we got a gay! We got we a gay! We love you! 50-year-old William McGrath has a thriving interior design business and a circle of close friends who know him as Billy. Billy's talents were obvious from the time we were little children. He would use every Lego block and build these big, amazing structures in the game room of his parents' house. And, you know, he, he had vision and he was very creative. So we meet 50-year-old William McGrath. He's a thriving interior designer. He's got a close circle of friends. They all call him Billy. And I said, we'll see. Yeah. When I still thought he was going to go missing on purpose, I was like, I'm not calling him Billy if he goes missing on purpose. <laughs> but I love him. And we meet his best friend, Patty. And here's the thing oh, about Patty. Oh, Patty is a down bitch. Tell him about Patty. Patty? I was like, look, this woman looks incredible. She's a beautiful woman. But she's got to be in her 50s if she's a day, right? Uh-huh, right. She and Billy have known each other. And we have video, home video evidence of them knowing each other since kindergarten. And, you know, the thing about it is that, like, we're going to learn that he, like, obviously is gay. Who knows when he came out? But, like, she's been by his side all of their lives. So if he's 50 in 2008, that means he was born in what year? 48? Sure. Or whatever? Yeah. That means he was... We're going to get a DM, but go on. (laughs) That means, like, he was coming out, like, dealing with his sexuality, like, in the 70s? Yeah, yeah. Holy fucking shit. And best friend down bitch Patty is right there. And she tells us that he was always an interior design ever since they were building Legos. It was yeah. very sweet. I love how all of a sudden you have turned into an interior designer with your apartment. I, know. I walked into his apartment. First of all, Patrick lovingly and self-deprecatingly always says how he has no style. And Game I walked taste. Into- in clothes, furniture, or friends. I, I know, yeah. I walked into his house a couple weeks ago and he goes, don't even look at those chairs. They're disgusting. I was like, I think they're pretty cute. You guys, I developed taste, I yeah. think. Don't even look at them. They're disgusting. They're leaving immediately. I was like, okay, RuPaul. You all of a sudden got taste and style. Okay. Billy now owns a large mountainside home overlooking Phoenix, Arizona. He has also started investing in real estate that he fixes up and flips. But he is not ostentatious about his success. He's just a low-key nice guy. You know, he wasn't um, loud or telling the jokes at a party. 
If you didn't know Billy, you wouldn't even know that he was a self-made millionaire. He did not throw money around. I was like, he lives in the Hollywood Hills of the Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. He, yeah. he lives like in the hills. Honestly, Phoenix, you look fancy, girl. It does look fancy. Also, they got great weather. It's hot I know. all the time there. I it's know. a desert. <laughs> Give it to me. I want to go. I know there's a meth problem. I don't so much as care. Okay. All right. We're going to get DMs about that for sure. All right. Well, hi, Arizona. <laughs> but not only is he an interior designer, but he also loves and invests in real estate. He loves flipping houses. You guys, that's too much work. It's too much work. Okay. But whenever I watch those flipping house TV shows, yeah. like on my couch, I know you're like I'm I like, could do that. I like I could do that. And yeah. then, do you know the deep and impeccable pride I feel when I do the most menial task yeah. around my house? Yeah. Like everybody, come look how good this light bulb looks. I'm not kidding. I get so proud if I so much as hang a picture. I also love. We are told right away that this guy's like a millionaire, but you'd never know it because he's yeah. like he and I share clothes. Yeah. We wear shorts and t-shirts and flip-flops. He's not a fancy gay. I love that this was about not a fancy gay. I love that he's not a fancy gay. Also, you know those people in your life. They're just very unsuspecting. They don't flash yes. their money. Yeah. They said, like, he had two pairs of cargo pants, a couple of shirts, and yeah. he wore flip-flops all the time. Hashtag and he was like a millionaire. Pa- you guys, I love cargo pants so much. I'm so glad this is, like, a relatable gay. Yeah. It's like a lesbian gay, like me. It totally is. But I grew up with people like that, and I'm like, oh, you're rich? Who would have known? That's I great. Know. Good for you. We also meet every last one of his girlfriends. We still have not been told yet that he's gay, and I'm like, you guys, yeah. I can't be the person who has to explain to our audience what, like, chosen family I mean, please, is. please, our audience would know, know in a heartbeat. But he was very close to his family, very close to his friends. Yep, yeah, that's what they said. Okay. His family's not here, but, you know, there is something. We talked about this off mic. When you live not where you grew up and yeah. not around your family, your friends are your family. Yeah, and best friend Patty, who lives in San Diego, doesn't live close by either, but they talk all the time. Yeah. She's the you. But, I mean, it's true. You know, we've celebrated holidays. Like, you're as yeah. good as my, you know, brother for some reason. I don't, I don't know how I got you. I don't know how I got you. But you're, I mean, it's we're in. Yeah, we're, we're in, we're in, we're in too deep, you guys. We, we both really have too are. many receipts and too many <laughs> screenshots to turn back now for another podcast. Billy lives alone with his dog Roy. He stays in close touch with friends and family, especially Patty, who lives in California. And Billy was a chatter. We talked a lot on the phone. We used to talk about not just what was going on, but we used to talk about that we were getting older and and like things we'd like to do. He could spend hours on the phone. I mean, you literally would have to say, I gotta go now. (laughs) But he also, he's a dog gay. He lives with a puppy named Roy. I'm not so into that. Dogs with human names? No, no. I love dogs. I'm just not really into dogs, you guys. (laughs) Wait, but you know what I loved that I thought might have like thrown a red flag? What? Patty says they used to talk on the phone for hours. Not me, ma'am. Not me, ma'am. Let me tell you. In a conversation with Miss Tipton Hines, you get a solid seven minutes. Oh, you think it, you get seven minutes? Usually. If we have something to talk about, and if you don't sell the yeah. conversation within the first 30 seconds, like, that's why I talk so fast. Because I'm afraid he's going to walk out of the booth. Uh-huh. If you don't sell the conversation yeah. as being some kind of, you know, gossip or something, yeah. like, epic that has happened, he'll be like, oh, okay. And it starts to wind down. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I got more. I got more. I got more. So yeah. I just know. Hours. You know, it hats off 
to you, it's not easy being my friend. No, it's not. But I know if I have something, yeah. I got to sell it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then that's it. Because once you're off, you are gone. Ellen has also developed this thing that as soon as she gets the sense that I'm winding down, she just hangs yeah, up. Yeah, she yeah. Just hang- <laughs> FaceTime has really changed the way that we talk on the phone to <laughs> each really other. But you say like, okay, okay, like you're going to go. No, you start like you're telling me something and it's winding down. So then I was going to, you know, make dinner and I okay, was at I, 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 <laughs> That's me hanging up on him. That is real life events. We will have like an I'm busier off. We've done it on mic. (laughs) We really have. In late August 2009, Patty realizes that Billy is taking an unusually long time to return her last call. I said to my husband, you know, I never heard back from Billy. And he goes, wow, that's weird. Because Billy always called me back. I called and I got his machine again, and I left him another message, and I said, hey, dude, I haven't heard back from you. What's going on? And still no phone call. Billy owes her a phone call. She's yeah. called Billy, and he hasn't returned her Are call. Are you going to tell him what? what month it is? What year? Uh, it's late August 2009. <laughs> Do you think they're paying attention? They're cleaning their kitchens, but I think that we've trained them to pay a little bit of attention. Okay, it's August 2009. What if someone was, like, writing it down? And they were like, thank you, Patrick. I was writing this down. I was writing a timeline. But she's calling and calling, and he's not calling back. And so, oh, the biggest down bitch of this episode is a fucking financial advisor. Oh, I'm obsessed. Yeah. So it's Thursday, October 27th, 2009. We meet financial Financial advisor David Barnett. His lower third says financial advisor. I didn't write his name down because I didn't think it was going to matter. I had to go back. Oh, no. He matters a lot. He has a down. But listen, he's in charge of a millionaire's finances. He's going to care. But yeah, he takes some shit into his own hands. It's not a friend or relative who first sounds the alarm about McGrath, though. It's his financial advisor. We all had an appointment at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. It was, in my mind, nothing more than just a normal, ongoing client appointment that I would have on a regular basis with him. And I happened to get a voicemail saying, hi, this is Bill McGrath. I'm not feeling well today. Uh, Maybe we can either reschedule the appointment or perhaps just talk on the phone a little bit. My first instinct is that's not Bill McGrath. David's like, snot, snot Billy. And no. who the fuck are these people? This is the second episode in a row. This is the Zeb Quinn of it all. Yeah. Where the people think that they can just, like, uh, hello, uh, <laughs> it's Ellen. I'm not coming to work today. <laughs> You're like, what? Because the day that I finally murder you and yeah. I have to call Travis, your yeah. ex-husband, and be like, hi. Hey. Hi. You're, this is Ellen. What would be your best impression of me? Uh, use my pentameter. It would be literally, oh, uh, uh, I don't feel and um, I have to. You're so bad at impressions. No, I know. You're, you're really, your share a couple weeks ago was oh. abysmal. I'm still getting DMs about that. That's an assault on my olfactory senses. Is it my olfactory? I don't know, my girl. Ears, whatever. So anyway, David Barnett, financial planner, super sus. So David looks back and he's like, you know what? Billy mentioned to me, which apparently they have really deep conversations. Good, but, you okay. should be your fucking right. financial planner. He said that. I you should also get a financial plan. Yeah, you should do that. <laughs> Billy McGrath has expressed concerns about bank fraud in the past. To Barnett, this call confirms those suspicions. I couldn't wait for him to come in at 1 o'clock for the appointment so I can say, Bill, here's the phone call I got. Here's the phone number that he gave me. 1 o'clock came and went. Uh, I'm watching the clock. And the question becomes, is it something minor uh, where somebody just happens to try to get information on an account and, and you know scam some money off somebody, or, or are we talking about something more serious? 
David was like, you know what? Billy mentioned that he was worried about some bank fraud. And David's like, huh, now I really can't wait for this one o'clock meeting we're going to have. Yeah. Because I'm going to tell him about this creepy phone call and we're going to figure it out together. Because he's like, oh my God, I thought Billy was just this big old dramatic queen. Right. Homophobe. Right. Yeah. But no, I'm just kidding, Barnett. I think you're the bee's knees you, in this fucking you really episode. Are. But he's like, I can't wait for Billy to get here. I'm going to be like, girl, you were actually right. You should actually call the cops. Yeah, let's have a chit chat about it. Well, because David Barnett is thinking that somebody was trying to call and get like financial information totally, out of him. Totally. It's also not Barnett's first day, weirdo, who made this phone call. Right. So 1.30 comes and we go from zero to Breckenridge. <laughs> Fucking David calls the police. I was like, is David me? Uh, yeah. Well, we also meet super hot Sergeant Brian Chapman. Everyone gonna, is yeah. so hot in this episode. Yeah. It's unreal. Are you okay? I'm not really. It's, I should be doused. It's silly goose fall. It's silly so I'm here for it all. Chapman is real hot, you guys. Sergeant Chapman tells us we deal with 8,000 new missing person yeah. cases every year. I went, Phoenix, it's not safe, yeah. girl. And he was like, we had a lot of missing people in Arizona. <laughs> Can we get eyes on Arizona? Floodlights? And then he's also like, we get all kinds, you guys. We get calls like this all the time about employees, loved ones, family members, fiancés, but I've never heard of a financial advisor who's calling to report his client. Yeah, it's like, well, we're close. <laughs> we play words with friends together. Whatever. Exactly. So they send a patrol to Billy's house. No, they don't. You got that wrong. They send a super hot reenactment cop to Billy's house. <laughs> so I would just take better notes. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> Take more thorough and specific notes. Tell us what he looked like. He was a little bit muscly, which isn't really my thing, but right. maybe it would be in Phoenix. Right. He had like a very close cropped haircut. He was about five, six. I don't like him too tall. I don't like him too short. I like him right in the middle. You know, you could be like a six in New York, but be like a 10 in Arizona. That's why I'm moving there. <laughs> <laughs> what do you get if you started a three in New York? Where am I like an Ari- am I an Arizona five? <laughs> Why are you moving to Arizona? I'm, I'm a, hotter there. I'm gonna be a five, you I'm, guys. I'm hotter in Arizona. <laughs> like, oh, because it's so hot there. No, 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 no. Better looking. I'm way hotter. Standards are lower. Also, lots of missing people there. <laughs> More fuckable in Arizona. <laughs> Oh, new merch coming soon. <laughs> I'm more fuckable in Arizona. Arizona. I love you, Arizona. Please don't send me my DMs. I know. Okay. The Arizonans are pretty hot, I gotta say. Because it's one of those hot climates where they have to work out all the time. Because they're like always going to pool parties No, and shit. I know. Yeah. I know. Sergeant Chapman sends a patrol officer to do a welfare check at Billy McGrath's house. Are there any signs of forced entry? Are there cars in the driveway? In this case, patrol went out and reported that the house was locked and secured. Nobody appeared to be home. The initial review of the residence didn't raise any alarms for us. We are told by hot Officer Chapman, there was no signs of forced entries. It all looked good to us, and we left. And I said, you're there to do a welfare check, sis. Yeah. Like, all we know is that he's not calling his friends and family back. No one said he was murdered. Right. He might be fucking having a heart attack on the back. Could you knock on the door, <laughs> we hot not- reenactment cop? <laughs> because reenactment cop just does that thing where he cups his <laughs> eyes and looks in and is like... Looks good. No one's even saying foul play because eventually we find out that one of the cops lets himself in without a warrant. Yeah. Can't you do that this Tuesday? <laughs> but they're like, you know, he's a busy guy. He's a busy interior designer. Yeah. Maybe he was traveling. Maybe he just forgot his appointment and David was like, Maybe he's one of those nah. silly queens who just said, I feel like there's homophobia bubbling under the surface. Or 
or or not. <laughs> or, not. or they could just be no, like he might have forgotten. They really do Billy right in this episode, I will well, say. I mean, yeah. wait, wait, just yeah. wait. These cops are amazing. So David was like, nah, he doesn't forget appointments. He <laughs> no. didn't forget this appointment. He's no. got millions. We were going to talk about his millions. Yeah. He says, like, you, you know, like in my line of work, you get to know your clients. Like, that's how we do this job. Well, that's a really personal relationship. Putting someone with complete control, access to your finances. Yeah, 100%. Like, you really, really need to trust that person. I'm talking like I have a financial plan. <laughs> you know? <laughs> buy low, sell high. That's that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy low, sell high. The Scrooge McDuck of it all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Follow me for more financial hacks. <laughs> I should do TikTok about financial advice. <laughs> oh, my God. Is there a financial advice TikTok? I should do that. <laughs> I'm like, is there a Groupon? <laughs> what you do is you get the you spend the money in your wallet as fast as you can because then no one will mug you. It's, you know what I mean? <laughs> you, are, you are so generous. You would pay for anything for anybody. It's true. A couple, last year, we had one of our first dinners out, and I, like, got out my purse to pay, and you're like, don't do the pretend pay thing. Yeah, just, I know you don't want to. Yeah, you're just like, uh, you know, I'm your the only man in your life that pays for meals. Can you not do the pretend pay thing? I remember saying that. <laughs> I also don't even want anything for it. Yeah, I know. Nothing. You you're know like, what I mean? I'm the only man in your life who's just going to pay for your wings. Yeah, just because I want to. In fact, if you could put more clothes on and cover yourself up, it'd be better for me. I'll include a spinach dip. <laughs> Can you not do the pretend money? Patrick, Grant? I get home. Steve's like, Patrick, why did you spend so much on dinner? I was just trying to get Ella to cover herself up. I, Steve's it's, like, okay, yeah. Fair. <laughs> so, financial planner David digs into Billy's records and he's like, he sees a check to a locksmith. Then, like, the memo line says, rekey entire house. First of all, that's a specific memo. I, I know. I don't keep notes like that. No. I'm really good with, like, my finances, uh, yeah. but, like, thanks for the specificity. But he's like, fuck, like, Billy was really worried that something was going to happen to him, and it seems like maybe something did. Right. So we're at Wednesday, September 2nd, 2009. Hot Sergeant Chapman opens up a formal investigation. Because David Barnett pestered him. It was like, basically, he pestered him until Hot Chapman opened up an investigation. And then, Oh, totally. And now we meet another down bitch. I now, wrote, I- go off, David Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I love investigator Melissa Lutch. Oh, yeah. She's hot, too. Yeah. She is not messing around. She's not here to be fucked with. So, no. no. I started reviewing it at that point. Is there anything unusual? Is the life pattern of this person um, completely off kilter than what it normally would be? Bill McGrath had no family in Arizona. He didn't have any kids. So that was really the first piece of the puzzle is trying to locate who in his life is important and who knows more about him than his financial advisor. So she looks into his life and she's like, okay, he's got no kids. He's got no family in Arizona. Because I'm like, he's gay. We still haven't been told that he's gay. Oh, you're right. Yeah, and I'm like, I know he doesn't have any kids. Right, right, you're right. You're you're totally right. So they reach out. Do you guys love it when your favorite gay podcaster squeals the word homosexual into your ears? You also said homophobe. Yes. Who's a homophobe? I'm just saying, in general. I ran a trivia league, and there was a question the other night about Kobe Bryant's jersey, and someone (laughs) screamed, this question's homophobic. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, she runs a trivia league in her spare time, you guys. I don't know. I really, I don't know. DM her about it with all your questions. So, basically, anyone who is not his financial advisor. She, yeah. They're like, does this guy have other friends? He's got tons of friends. Billy is a very well-loved, well-liked person. She reaches out to friend Patty, and Patty's like, I really love him, but he can talk. Yeah. He really can talk. Like, it's the first thing Patty wants you to know. Well, I think Patty's on the other end of that talking scale, too, because Melissa tells us they talked for hours. She's like, all right, gonna go. And Patty's like, and another thing. One more thing, though. We, his favorite karaoke song is... But we also meet, like, all of his other friends, and we get reenactments of him spending time with his girlfriends because they're all talking about how great he was. In every scene, they're drinking booze. Yep. In every single scene, they're drinking wine, they're drinking cocktails, they're sitting around pools. I was like, he's gay! <laughs> we haven't found that out he's yet. He's gay! I know! And it's always out of, like, fancy wine glasses. Yeah. Come on, you guys. Patrick is not allowed around fancy wine glasses. No. Do you know? Say it if you know. She's clumsy. She's clumsy. She's so clumsy. <laughs> Bowl in a goddamn china shop. If there is anything glass within yeah. a 10-foot vicinity, Scum he's break. breaking it. Scum break. Right away, very disturbing information emerges from Detective Lutch's first conversations with Billy's friends. Bill had been telling everyone, I am concerned that something may happen to me. For about a month and a half, he had been really freaked out. He was terrified, actually. You could hear it in his voice every time you talked to him. Basically, they're like, show of hands, who was the last person to actually set eyes on him? Because yeah. it's been a minute, a lot of his friends live away. So other than the financial advisor, who saw him last? Right. We also get this whole thing where he was telling his friends he was going to buy a gun, and friend Patty was like, don't do that, girl. Yeah. And we're going to learn later, he does buy a gun, and his like shooting coach is like, he's real bad at that. Oh, yeah. They he's really? really yeah. not good at it. So, because when we find out that he's a gay, and if it were me and I'm at a shooting range, it goes like this. Bang. Ah! Yeah. Yeah. Bang. Ah! <laughs> bang. Ah! Sir, Sir, you know, it's going to bang every yeah, time. Yeah, every time it's, it's going to bang. every time. Yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, the, you know. So they ask everyone, and the last person that they could find. Yeah. Spoiler, this isn't the last person to see him. Yeah. The last person they could really get a clear answer from was, like, someone saw him too weeks ago. Yeah, and again, remember, he travels a lot, so it's not that uncommon, I guess, for him to be out of touch. But this is where we learn that one of the reasons he was so afraid of that somebody was coming after him was because of a guy named Mark Flickerstein. Yeah, so and listen. Are, this is where we're told, we're, can we get some gay music? I need some gay introduction music. You better work. <laughs> yeah. Work it, girl. Cover girl. If any of Billy's friends or family are listening to this, the reason we're very excited is because stories of, like, missing and murdered LGBTQ people never, ever get yeah. told. The last episode of the fifth season, yeah. we're almost 100 episodes into this podcast. This is the first out-known gay person this show has covered. We're not making light of what happened yeah. to him. We're just celebrating the fact that finally a fucking story of a gay person is being told. And if this is the first episode you are listening to, yeah. Patrick is as gay as Christmas. What and- if they were like, oh, my God, wait. <laughs> Wait, the Wait. male host on this is... Okay, okay right. some things are falling into place. I feel like they're not being honest with us. <laughs> I'm going to write that in an iTunes review. <laughs> I feel like something's been kept from yeah. us. I didn't. I couldn't put my finger on it. You're and saying, I also yeah. made, designed, and birthed a human on Pride. That's true. So, Jennifer, give us a little bit more of the cover, girl. Cover girl, put 
scary shit. No, I already told them that I was gay. Oh, okay. Are we done? Yeah. Bye, guys. (laughs) (laughs) So it turns out that Billy's former boyfriend tried to kill him. Yeah. And he's about to get out of prison. And that is Mark Fleckenstein. So we get a little bit of the backstory. They met in Pittsburgh and he actually moved Mark to Arizona. Yeah. And he's a gay with cash. He's a gay with cash. And listen, have gay will travel. Yeah, totally. I mean, truly, what are are you leaving back in Pittsburgh? Like, I know. No, and the thing is, everyone liked Mark. We see all of Billy's friends. We're like, I thought Mark was cool. I thought it was a really nice guy. Things got stormy pretty fast. Fast. Right, and I'm not making any accusations, but it like it seems that the drinks are flowing, yeah. in this community, sure. And so it just seems that like it was a very hot and heavy, and then all of a sudden it was like very volatile, yeah, yeah, really violent. So they adopted that dog called Roy, animals with human names, yeah. And I have Billy ended it and told him to go away, yeah. <laughs> but Billy, in fairness, you moved him out there. Where's he supposed to go? Yeah, I mean that's a big thing, you yeah. know. When people move, look, we places... we live in New York City. We know a lot of rich gays that have a lot of like not rich. Boys boyfriends right. who showed up out of nowhere. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so they have a little like we've listen, we've all done it. They break up. They have a little post breakup sort of He encounter. came back for that good makeup sex. You know. That's all, what I mean, you can say, what, suddenly you're prudish about talking about sex? We've all done it once or twice. Okay. <laughs> so hot, right? Yes. It's like I fucking Okay. Hate you. Okay. <laughs> but also If you guys could have seen the <laughs> If you could have seen the look on her face, is all I'm saying. It hates sex. Yeah, it's hate. yeah, you're doing it the hateful way, the vengeful way. Oh, don't, don't cover your ears. You all know you've done it. But this is the thing: they have that good makeup sex. Then, in the middle of the Ugh. night, Billy wakes up tied to a fucking God, chair, so and then beats him almost to death with a fucking crowbar. Yeah. It's really, really scary. He finally ended it and told him to go away. That night, while Billy was sleeping, Fleckenstein set on him with a tire iron. He sprayed Billy with mace and tied him to a chair. It was awful. He got beat up. He tried to make him do a bank transaction for a lot of money, and Billy was very terrified. Severely bruised and bloodied, Billy McGrath managed to escape. So the thing was that Mark was trying to extort money from him and Billy escaped. So this douche fucking ass nozzle was apprehended at the bank trying to steal Billy's money. And how much time did he fucking serve for this vicious attack? He gets three years. For aggravated assault, kidnapping, and domestic abuse. Again, can we add a number before or after that for domestic abuse? I don't care who's involved. Listen, a lot of times, statistically, it's women. But of course it can happen to men. We've seen it a couple times on Who the Bleep Did I Marry? Yeah. Three years? I mean, tied to a chair and beaten with a fucking that crowbar. I audibly gasp. So, listen, Fleck, Fleckelstein? Who cares? Whatever, who cares? He was supposed to come out of jail September of 2009. Now, they thought that he was going to get sent back to serve the rest of his parole in Texas. No, no. Yeah. They let him stay in Phoenix, so Billy rightfully was scared out of his mind. And this is the thing. Remember, like, changing all the laws right. and he's telling yeah. his friends he's going to get a gun. Like, this is what we're being told he's afraid is going to happen because he went through that 
that like horrifying experience exactly. with this guy who's about to get out oh of jail. Oh my God, I can't even imagine the PTSD. He also got cameras. Billy works to secure his home. He had upgraded the security system. There were cameras positioned on his driveway. Bill had changed every single lock in his house. I think there was a total of 15 doors that were rekeyed. So again, that was something that established he was concerned for his safety. Can I say one thing? The 15 doors? <laughs> yeah. He has the locks changed on every door in his house. All 15 of them. Yeah. Yeah. Don't most doors have a front and a back and maybe a side? Maybe a, maybe a garage. Maybe a garage. Are we looking at like four doors max? How many doors? I mean, we got a lot of things to discuss yeah, in this yes, case. Yes. Number like six on my list is an excessive amount of doors. Yes, I wrote too many doors. Yeah. I mean, honest to God, I have one door in and out of my apartment and I check it four times every night to make sure it's locked before I go to bed. 15 doors I'd never sleep. Yeah. Remember Jack Nicholson from As Good As It Gets? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's a commitment. I'd be like, I think I forgot seven and eight. Yeah, oh boy. Oh God. What about just the standard back door? <laughs> which one? There's four of those. Two. We have, which one, though? Is it two and four? Is it one and three? Northeast? <laughs> I don't know. You know I don't know locations. Remember the Noah's Ark bit? <laughs> Why did we say so this is where we learned that he had taken the defensive class and he had taken a handgun class. Now, Detective Lutch is here to just throw a little bit of shade our way. I'm sure she's doing it I for us. I thought they were like, you know what, we're going to cut. The, oh, no, it's the gay episode to keep it. They're no, going to love it. They're going to love it. Bill had taken a handgun class. Even though he was considering this, he was not the type of guy that wanted a gun. It wasn't in his personality. He's described as this very kind, gentle man. He wasn't a big man. He was, you know, like my size. I was like, somebody, I could see somebody taking your gun from you and using it on you. I also learned from the instructor that Bill was not a good shot whatsoever. They're like, he wasn't, he wasn't a good shot. No, he was real. The air like, of it bang, all. Ah, bang, yeah. And as a gay, I can say that's how it goes. I know. So now people are thinking he's just hiding from his abusive ex-boyfriend. I have the note. Now we got to do that bullshit thing where we got to like explore the idea that he ran away on his right. own. He's not going to not call Patty. They've known each other since kindergarten. Exactly. So everyone thinks now, okay, he's hiding out of fear. Did he hightail it to Mexico? If you have money and the right amount of fear, you can disappear yourself. I understand. But like that doesn't apply here because it's like he's not trying to escape the law. He's right. trying to escape a person right. so he would have told his friends where he at least patty yeah totally. you know what i mean like yeah. you guys this is a stupid thing to waste 10 minutes on christopher yeah christopher not worth wasting 10 minutes he never calls us back anymore i know so now they talk to contractor brad there's a guy named brad who's the contractor on all the houses that right. he's flipping they're fl yeah he's like his flipping partner and he like is also doing work on billy's home so they go to billy's home brad is there and brad's like now that you mention it he told me he was planning a trip to palm springs to get away from mark right and and also, and I'm like, but can't you just call the guy and find out if that's the case? He's not running away from the law. Yeah. He'll answer his phone. Just call him. Yeah. And I should be a cop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, babe. You should be a cop. You think so? Yeah. When times get really yeah. heated, you're I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Babe. Don't run from me. I I said don't run. Okay, well, he ran. I he don't... ran. What? Like, I'm going to chase him? What? I'm going to jog down right. the street? <laughs> 
a bad back. I'm a really good cop, you guys. Um, yeah, you'd be a great cop, sweetheart. His next door neighbor told me she had received emails stating that Bill was leaving town. So we went back and, and started looking at each email. And we obviously had date and timestamps, and they were from Bill McGrath's email account. His friends told me immediately, this is a man who you can't get off the phone. He loves conversation. In fact, we don't email each other all that often because the common form of communication is over the phone. The emails are saying, yes, I went to Palm Springs. I got to get out of here. I'm afraid of this other guy. And all of the friends are calling bullshit on these emails. They're like, number one, everyone knows anyone from Pittsburgh, which is where Billy is from, knows how to spell Pittsburgh. Yeah, he spells Pittsburgh. <laughs> he smells. You can do he it. Smells you can do it. Did I say smells? <laughs> he smells Pittsburgh wrong. But also, something that everyone makes a point to say is they're like, anyone who knows Billy knows he loves a good phone ketchup. Yes. Babe doesn't use it. No. I'm not calling anybody. Yeah. I'm yeah. not calling you on Same. your best day. I am texting you. For sure. Right? I don't want to so, talk to you. Yeah. They were like, they, we've always communicated on phones. Now, all of a sudden, <laughs> we're getting these emails. Yeah. And they're just like, there was no trip to Palm Springs. He would have fucking told everybody. Yeah. And also, Patty was like, mm, I also don't buy this spontaneous trip to Palm Springs yeah. because he researched everything. Like he was. This the is co- the first time I'm like, there's no way I could have dated this guy because he's a methodical researcher. Right, like like finding the best place that's yeah. closest to the airport that allows you to drop off the red car. I'm like, Not let's me. wake up and go to Six Flags. Yeah, because I'm like, raise your hand if you want to go to Six Flags. We're all fucking going. I'm eating fried Oreos for breakfast. This guy is rich. <laughs> he lives in a nice area. He's got a nice house. He travels a lot. I I could have been into this guy. Yeah. What could have been Daisy's daddy. <laughs> yeah. But no, then I find out he's a meticulous planner. No, thank you. So the email thing, everyone is just like shaking their heads. The main thing they come back to is they're like, he's born and raised in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And he spelled Pittsburgh P-I-T-T-S-B-U-R-G. Also, what kind of fucking idiot? Like everyone knows there's a goddamn useless H in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many useless things. It's like things the useless in H in Eins. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> <Eins>. <laughs> With the help of McGrath's contractor, investigators gain access to his house. His refrigerator had food in it, fresh strawberries, I believe. In the freezer, there were cigarettes. Bill has been described by everyone who knew him. He's a chain smoker. He probably would have taken those cigarettes. You go into the master bathroom and you have the contacts and the glasses sitting there. Bill McGrath needed contacts or his glasses. Again, this was inconsistent with someone planning to leave. So now we learn that Detective Melissa gets a key. They want to go into his house because they're like, okay, if he like is kidnapped or something bad happened to him, we want to go like see his living space. Yeah, that was enough suspicion in order to search their home. But here's the thing, though. <laughs> Normally you do that by going to a judge and getting a search warrant. Mm. No, she goes to contractor Brad who gives her a key. I was like, Melissa, did you miss that day of Cop Academy? Yeah, Cop Where school. it's like anything you find in there now you're not going to be able to use because the contractor contractor fucking let you you gotta go to a judge girl yeah because it's like if billy did just take off on his own or was like in his sex dungeon yeah and all of it like he just wanted to live in the sex dungeon for two weeks right and officer melissa and they open the door and he's in a sling i'm mad about that <laughs> the sling yeah or the intrusion the intrusion okay babe i don't know your life what to a yes you do okay you know where the slings are kept <laughs> but i'm also just saying that like <laughs> 
Patrick Hines has never been in a sling. I'm just saying you can't just like go into somebody's house, Melissa. I need more information on this. So we're at September 4th, and this is when Detective Lutch is going in there. She's taking pictures of everything. There's food in the refrigerator. There's fresh cigar- strawberries. I was like, yes, girl. Well, you know, probably organic. Probably because he's rich. Okay. Um, and who can afford that? So all of these things, and I agree with this. If I'm going on vacation, I'm cleaning out my refrigerator. I am not coming home to nasty fruits who and veg. Are these people? Wait, you have food in your refrigerator to begin with? Who are these people who just have food at home? Are you okay? <laughs> Every day when I wash my hair with bar soap, I think of you. <laughs> I don't know how you function, but so uh, because I reach for the shampoo with the bar soap in my hand, and I'm like, it's just so much easier. This will do. No, you know what I mean? Yeah. I and know. you know who agrees with me? Billy. I bet Billy did not have fancy shampoo. He's my kind of gay. Cargo shorts and flip flops. Yeah. Bar soap for shampoo. Yeah. You guys definitely would have gone to Splash for sure. <laughs> Musical Mondays. Musical Mondays. Oh, I love you guys. Indulge me. I'm sorry if this episode is long, but when's the next time we're gonna get a gay? We I never know. get gays. I know. I mean, you get gays. Okay. <laughs> For another podcast. Detective Lutch shares photos from her search with Billy's friends and family. It was marked on his calendar, Cheryl's pig roast. Because I have an annual pig roast every year. He was always at the pig roast. It was a, a huge event for all our friends. Cheryl, who owns several dogs, finds more signs that Billy and his dog Roy hadn't planned to leave. There was still food in Roy's dish. Come on. That was a big old dog. He's not leaving food in his dish. So the detective shows the pictures to the friends and family. Yeah. And this is where I was we gonna get... say there's one future plan on there that needs to be discussed. <laughs> so, <laughs> his, his neighbor's like, listen. Her name is Cheryl, and they are very good friends. Cheryl's like, listen, my pig roast is next weekend. <laughs> he never misses my pig roast. If Cheryl didn't talk about her goddamn pig roast for five minutes, ID was like behind the camera, like making the like wrap it up signal. She's like, no, 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 let me just finish. Her he, pig roast is legendary. He would not have traveled right. with my pig roast in the vicinity of the upcoming calendar. It's not going to happen. No. If I know Billy, I know that he plans his vacations around my, my, pig, my roast. pig roast. I have so many follow up yeah. questions around the pig roast. Listen, I fucking love Cheryl. There's so many pictures of like Cheryl and Billy around like a backyard fire pit drinking yeah. Chardonnay. I want to be in their lives. Absolutely. I but love them. Her patience for anybody denouncing the fact that he would ever, ever attempt to miss her pig mm-hmm. ro- She's not here for it. No. She is not here for that fuckery. She did not sign up for the Fuck You Academy. Yes. Absolutely did not. Also, on my on my other uh, favorite moment. I know moment. exactly what you're going to say. The dog blanket? No, with the oh. dog blanket, my best friend Patty goes, also, they showed me the pictures. I saw an unmade bed. If yeah. you think there is any fucking chance that that man would go on a trip without making his goddamn bed first, you got another thing coming. What was the last time you made your bed, babe? I don't do that. Yeah. Steve does it. <laughs> You, you know what? The day I decided to make this podcast, I made my bed. Now I gotta. Now I gotta sleep in it. Now you. Okay. Oh, okay. look at you. <laughs> that was in. That was a well thought out joke. Thank you so much. He, you guys, whenever he tells a joke that he really thinks he gets me, he like sits up in his chair. <laughs> just a, you're just like a little kid who's like raising their hand, and like uh-huh. I'm gonna get her. <laughs> That's really quite adorable. Shh, adults are talking now. So. <laughs> So he, there, there's just so many clues that the best friends are like, nope, 
Red flag. Red flag. <laughs> no bed. But these clues are the best clues, you guys. If you're going to go missing, go in this manner. Yeah. The clues are the unmade bed. No fucking way. The pig roast. He's not going to miss not, that. Not, not on her watch. No. Not on Cheryl's fucking watch. <laughs> And so this is when they turn to the financial advisor, David Barnett, and they're like, girl, we actually do think something is amiss here. And he's like, bitch, see? Yeah. I know what I'm talking about. I I might be his financial advisor, but I'm also a down bitch. I have a master's (laughs) from DBU. So they check his ATM activity. They go back. And so- Well, this is good. This is very- Because they're comparing his ATM activity before he went missing to his ATM activity after he went missing. And they're like, he used to like withdraw money in moderation. And now he's withdrawing money all the time and in huge sums of money. Yeah. The police asked David Barnett to shut down access to McGrath's various accounts. To our surprise, within 48 hours, somebody has called his bank, given appropriate passwords and personal information, and they lifted the alert. The bank then imposes a freeze to be lifted only if Billy McGrath appears in person at a branch which prompts a new call from the presumed imposter. To be clear, what's happening is Billy is missing, but money is still being taken right. out of his account. Everyone thinks it's like an imposter. Nobody thinks it's Billy. Right. So they ask him to shut it down. So then they learn that someone called the bank yeah. with all the right passwords, all the right information, and they were like, hi, uh, you you put a lien on my bank stuff, and, and uh, I want you to lift that hole. Here's so, my my he, password is Golden Girls 22 I yeah, am the Blanche. Lift that. And the investigators that was were like, gay joke. Ellen, I'm not going to get that many more of these that are about gays. Can you laugh when I make a gay joke? Do you know that if you laugh to the tune of Oh Susanna, it sounds real? I know. (laughs) No, it's... I'll do it better. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) That's not to the tune, that's to the cadence. Oh, Susanna, oh, don't you cry for me. That's literally the definition of cadence. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Again, the cadence. I was crying. Okay. Anyway, so then the mystery person calls the bank back and is like, ask me anything. Yeah. Passwords, mother and maiden name, uh, I can first you pet, yeah. you know, all of those security questions. He's like, let's go. I've got it. It's me. Let's dance. But then as a throwaway line, yeah. Christopher tells us, oh, and by the way, everybody knows this is not the ex-boyfriend who went to jail for beating him with a crowbar. Disappeared. You are a great show. I love this show. It is a very well-made show. This was not handled Yeah. Because the entire <laughs> no, time... I feel like that was an edit in. It they're was. Gonna it be was like, it totally they was. They were going to be like, what? You know, they're going to think it's the boyfriend, right? <laughs> yeah. and they're like, fuck. It was, and I'm like, well, how do you know it wasn't him? They're like, oh, we have an answer for that. Yeah. He was in prison he when all of this happened. He was still in prison. He, he had been released. Been released. And I was like, you guys did this wrong. Yeah. Whoever storyboarded this episode did that wrong. They just had and to call. I had to rewind it. I was like, wait, what? They had to call Christopher and be like, hey, we have a quick punch in. Yeah. Could you just say this one line? I know. We forgot. Oh, we my lost God. Track. We lost track. While his loved ones fear a mysterious stranger may be holding Billy hostage, Detectives are interested in somebody Billy knows quite well. Detective Lutch made a phone call to me to ask me, did I know a guy that worked for Billy and that he was hired to do some work, like, around his house? And and I said, yeah, there was a guy named Brad. That was Bradley Talker. And we found out that he was the last person to see Bill McGrath. 
suddenly they're looking at contractor Brad. Remember Brad's the one who's like, oh, he told me he was going to Palm Springs and he's been emailing with his neighbors. And if you need to get into the house, here's a key. Don't worry about the warrant. This one's on me. Right. I got it covered. Yeah, I got it. So remember how we said that no one had seen him for two weeks? Well, they go back to that contractor. The last person to see Billy alive, they think, was Bradley. Yeah, so we're back on Wednesday, September 2nd, 2009. We get their backstory a little bit. Bradley and Billy's backstory. Well, here's the interesting thing. Like, Brad is also gay, and they met on a dating website, and they're like, there wasn't a love connection, but they became good friends. That's super common with the gays. Yep. Like, they probably maybe did it once or twice, and then they're like, ah, we're not like that into each other. Right. I mean, I literally have a million friends that I met on dating websites before I met Steve. Yeah. But they become good friends, and they're like, well, Billy's great at, like, buying and flipping houses, and Brad's great at, like, doing the contracting work so they start working together it's like this great friendship yeah they were not romantic and like this isn't crazy so we learned that Bradley has Billy's ATM card now you just had a big remodel and I've done a limited amount of remodeling that's not crazy to say you need to go to Home Depot and get I don't know paint brushes anybody who's working on your house you're not like nickel and diamond you're like I'm not gonna go to Home Depot and get that but better believe that Steve goes through the receipts and the transactions at the end of every month right so Bradley had his ATM card and he was like yeah I had to go get you know stuff at Home Depot it wasn't crazy it wasn't out of the ordinary and he didn't lie like when the cops were questioning him about this they're like yeah he told us he bought things that we knew he had bought totally so they bring in Bradley and most of his answers as to the allocation of money totally made sense he was like I bought supplies I bought a mailbox they're like great 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 no red flags were raised but he is saying that he has been in contact with Billy he's like and I've talked to the guy on the phone he's going to Palm Springs so they're like oh girl interesting could you call him right now yeah. in front of us? Yeah. Uh, he's like, um, sure. So he calls in the, his interrogation yeah. with everyone there, and he's like, hey, dude. Uh, yeah. Leaving him a voicemail. People are, are, are looking for you. They are worried. Yeah. And so everyone's, like, on edge from this first interview with Bradley, but there's no real red flags to be raised. Everyone's more, like, perplexed for a second. Investigators' suspicions of Talker grow as they dig into his past. We get some red flags. He'd owned his own business that wasn't doing very well, and in order to collect insurance money, he tried to burn it down. He was in debt, lots of money, tens of thousands of dollars in gambling debts. He was living a champagne lifestyle on a near-beer budget. We get into Bradley's backstory for a second. We learn that he was in a little bit of financial, a little bit of financial debt. He was in a lot of financial debt. He had a failing business that he tried to burn down. I'm doing that with this for sure. Do you remember the John Spira of it all? Yes. Remember that? Yeah. He tried to do it for insurance money. And when you see this guy, Brad, he looks too stupid to pull that off. Yeah. In the way that I am too stupid to pull that off. You're not stupid. You would just be like, yeah, I did. Okay, fine. (laughs) I did it. Don't pressure me. Yes. You are truly, yes. if I were to pressure you and you were to lie about something, I would look at you sideways yeah. and be like, I did it. I did it. I'm sorry. I, did it. I'm I, did. Sorry. I had but sex with your ex-husband. I would do that. Okay. But this I is why I don't do bad things. Like, I, I don't break the law. I don't break rules because I'm always afraid of getting in trouble. You lie about stupid things. That's true. Yeah. But the point about this Brad guy is that, like, he's in a lot of financial trouble. He's been working with Billy. Suddenly, Billy, who's super rich, is missing. We know somebody's been using his ATM cards and passing bad checks. 
it's starting to look like Brad's a good suspect. So they're like, okay, great. Do you mind taking a polygraph? And he was like, yeah, totally. Bring on the polygraph. And a hot cop Chapman is like, and that idiot fucking showed up the for it. The thing is, I have said this before. I could have done nothing wrong. I would rather jump headfirst into a volcano than yeah. take a polygraph test. Same. About Same. anything. Of, of course. And he wasn't scared. No. So he comes in. Everyone was shocked he showed up. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. They're like, oh, I don't, I don't think you're going to come. I don't think you're going to show up. Brad agreed to come in and take the polygraph for me, which he failed miserably. It's a big whopping, you know, F. Still, in talking to Talker, investigators downplay the results. We didn't want to push him away. We wanted to keep him very close. And so we didn't make that big of a deal. But obviously it was a red flag for us. Big whopping F she said. That's what she said. And they didn't want to, like, lead him on as to, like, how bad they failed. Like, yeah. they are marching down the street to, like, oh, when the Saints go marching in totally. with red flags. They're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because the thing is, like, he showed up and they want more information from him. So they're like, they played down the fact that he failed the polygraph. Yeah, they're like, no, you did great. Yeah. That's like when you go to an audition and you do bad and they're like, thank you so much. It looks like you had a lot of fun with that. Good job. Thanks for coming. Just have fun with it. Yeah, good. And then you just, like, actually bombed. They're like, oh, my God, he was such a bad polygraph tester. It was, like, the worst polygraph tester. But now they subpoena the cell phone records for Billy and Brad. And this is amazing. This is so good. Everyone is so bad at murder Thank God. Yeah. Like, I'm glad that everyone is bad at this. But they see that since the day Billy went missing, <laughs> so bad. Billy's phone and Brad's phone have been together every minute of Just every day. pinging yeah. everywhere. They're like, you know, pinging at the barbecue place, <laughs> pinging at the pool, pinging at the Home Depot. They're just traveling together. side by side. And they're like, weirdly, they're also mostly only pinging in the neighborhood where Brad lives. Yeah. Weird. Weird. You guys, I don't want to tell you what to do, especially if you're a murderer. But if you kill somebody, either don't take their cell phone or Turn that shit off, it's you idiot. So, yeah. Everyone is so bad at murder. Thank God. So everyone is on to Bradley. Yeah. So <laughs> they go to some surveillance and they see all those large amounts of money being withdrawn from the ATMs. He's cashing checks at the bank. He's like smiling at the camera. Yeah. He's like, hey, I know, camera, that's me. That's me. Hey, I'm doing this money thing. <laughs> I'm going to go on this side. Look at this side of my face. It's so bad. And I'm just like, how does anyone think they're going to get away with this, you fucking moron? So the least they have have him on is fraud. Yes. Right? He's stealing money. You are yes. stealing money. So on Thursday, October 15th, they arrest him on fraud. And this is where this interrogation and is we see so it. delicious. The last time you saw Bill, he was at his house. Okay. Do you remember what date it was? No. I'm not sure. I'm really bad with dates. And test his spelling. Whoever's been impersonating Billy McGrath can't spell the name of his hometown. Yeah, it's about Pittsburgh. Okay. Brad Talker spelt Pittsburgh identically to the way Pittsburgh was spelt and the email that was sent to Brian McGrath. There's a lot of I'm sure's, I'm really bad at dates. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Listen, I can never throw stones at this glass home because yeah. I also am bad with dates and yeah. things like that. And then. Oh, this is the best. They ask him to write the word Pittsburgh. Remember, whoever was writing those emails saying that he was going to Palm Springs wrote the word Pittsburgh wrong. Yeah. Left off the H. And now if you're Brad in this moment, are you like, fuck, 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 yeah. fuck, fuck. Yeah. How do you fucking spell it? How do you fucking spell it? Yeah. I could just imagine being like, can you use it in a sentence? Yeah. What's the root word? What's the root? Uh, I just like, he's just like a full on spelling bee. And he writes out the word Pittsburgh and the idiot yeah. leaves off leaves the H. Leaves off the H. And they tell him like, look, girl, you're fucked. 
as we're doing this interview, we're executing search warrants on your house right now. Remember there was that huge order that was used on one of the credit cards oh, buying like fancy God. shoes yeah. and sneakers. Every single item that was ordered, they find at yeah. this guy's house. What a fucking idiot. Yeah. I also loved the interrogation guy. He was leaning in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the video, he is like leaning in and you can feel this idiot just like leaning back. He's so stupid because they also get his computer, you guys, and they look at the search history. We found some searches I've never heard of in all my years of uh, being in police work. How to commit murder and get away with it. Quick kill. How to kill somebody. How to clean up crime scenes. Dead animals in cement. This was somebody planning out exactly how to get rid of Bill McGrath. How do I commit murder and get away with it? I was like, I mean, like, have you not watched a single show on ID? I know. This goes under the dumbest fucking criminals. We need a whole separate podcast just for this guy. Like, did they teach you at dumb criminal class how to search horrible things? Go to the library. I know. Go to the Apple store. Use an incognito browser for the love of God. Also, remember he made those calls to the bank? Yes. They also were like, he keeps denying everything. And they're like, okay, so all. Also, remember you called the bank? Yeah, 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 yeah. We can send that through voice recognition, dude. You want to confess now? Like, they have him at every single corner. And he doesn't. He's like, no, it wasn't me. And they do this whole thing where they go and they luminol Brad's house and there's blood everywhere. And they know it was like a vicious, brutal attack. Oh, my God. It and was they, so sad. They have to decide. Like, the thing is, like, they know Brad did it, but they don't have a body. And it's that whole stupid thing about how, like, it's a very hard thing to prosecute a murder case without a body, even if you have all of this evidence. But they decide to do it anyway, and they win. And basically, he gets convicted of Billy's murder. So they still don't have a body. So they find all of this other incriminating evidence that finally leads to his conviction. Like, they in one of the properties that he runs, they found his wallet, his ATM. I mean, this guy is just bad. Billy stuff. They found Billy stuff. Yeah, Yeah. and they found, like, a gun with Billy McGrath's blood on it. I was like, game over, dude. Like, just stop. And he does. He gets sentenced to life without parole. So it's Tuesday, May 24th, 2011. It's the day he's being sentenced and I guess he gets his conscience back that day. Or something. You guys, fucking pull over. This is bananas. He decides he's going to tell them where the body is on that day. You guys, he buried his friend Billy under his mother's kitchen. And and the cop is here to say to us, like, that's a lot of work, you guys. He had to rip out his mother's kitchen. He dug a nine-foot fucking hole, buried the body, and then redid the flooring. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and so they found him. They were able to lay him to rest and just give the family peace and answers and at least his family knows where he is. It's brutal and it's gross. And again, it's just all over fucking money. Money, money. It is so gross and sad. Um, Say something funny. I'm going to have my own pig roast this year. <laughs> I don't know what it is, neighbor Cheryl, but it sounds delicious. Bow, bow. You guys, if you 
love us and you want more of us, join the Drama Club on Patreon. Every month, you get three full ad-free bonus episodes and our monthly true crime trivia. Over 30-something, 40 episodes for you to download and binge right this second. This shit's really funny over there. It is really funny. And follow me on Instagram. Okay. My Instagram is Ellen Marsh because it's embarrassing. Our podcast has more followers than I do. <laughs> it's really It's sad. really actually embarrassing. <laughs> but you can also continue to follow the podcast. It's The what? Disappeared uh, Pod. No, follow it there. And just DM Ellen for funsies. I get really stressed out about Sometimes I'll be like, what are you doing? I'm like, answering DMs. I gotta go. (laughs) We love you. We love you guys. Bye. Bye. Can you not do the pretend pay thing? (laughs) I remember saying that. I also don't even want anything for it. Yeah, I know. Nothing. You know what I mean? I'm the only man in your life who's just going to pay for your wings. Just just because I want to. (laughs) The tune is what it sounds like. (laughs) Still the cadence. Oh, Suze. Aaron Burr wasn't a good shot either. Did you know that? We're not doing Hamilton. Not on this podcast. <laughs> so. Did you get dripped on? Yeah. That was so weird. It's raining in here. It's raining in the booth. It's raining vodka. Work it, girl. Do, Do your thing. thing. On the runway. Work. Come on, girl. Work it, girl. <laughs>